News Talk 1070 KHMO presents On the Mark with Mark Hespin. News Talk 1070 KHMO presents On the Mark with Mark Hespin. On the Mark is powered by Cunis Country Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area at 221 North 36th Street, Quincy. Faith, family, and giving back. That's Cunis Country. And now, here's Mark Hespin. Good morning, Tri-States, and wherever you may be listening on the News Talk 1070 KHMO app. This is On the Mark. I am Mark Hespin, brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the Tri-State area. Shop their network of dealers online. Shop Cunis.com or CunisQuincy.com or Cunis Honda, Cunis Hyundai. But Shop Cunis.com gets you to the network of dealers. Stop on by the dealership this weekend, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy, Tell them Mark sent you. Thank you so much for making me a part of your Saturday morning. Episode 143 of On the Mark, if you can believe it or not, on this uh, July 9th. And as we broadcast here from our KHMO studio in Quincy, what will be a gorgeous weekend here in the Tri-State. So hopefully um, there's not too much big on the sports calendar. It's not like a, you know, in two months from now, I'll be like, oh, man, we got to get out of the studio because at 11 a.m., uh, Texas kicks off against uh, Baylor, and uh, and uh, Alabama plays Georgia at one o'clock. Uh, it is going to be uh, it's going to be a quiet sports uh, Saturday for a lot of us this weekend. But that doesn't mean we don't have a ton to talk about in the show as we preview ahead, uh, what's going ahead uh, on the show. Here uh, we have Kevin Durant. Um, he is still in Brooklyn. Why? Uh, we have uh, the reports of SEC expansion now, rumblings. What are the teams? Does it make sense? I'll break all that down. And what could the Big Ten's response be if these rumored teams are, in fact, true? A couple fun quick hitters to wrap up the show. The Bears talking about a dome on Soldier Field. NASCAR in downtown Chicago. And one of the NBA's biggest stars recommits to the small market franchise and why it's a great, great thing. Uh, but as always, we get our show started off with the biggest topic in the world of sports. We call it Hespin's Headline Number 1. Hespin's Headlines on the mark. Baker Mayfield, the number one overall pick for the Cleveland Browns, has just been traded this week to Carolina Heads, California Tails, Carolina. And uh, Jody Messina, it goes something like that. And uh, he's headed down to uh, the Panthers for a conditional 2024 fifth-round pick. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. Uh, You all know, because you've been listening to my show now for almost three years, uh, that I've never been a big Baker Mayfield fan. I thought that the Browns should have drafted Sam Darnold over Baker Mayfield. We now look, uh, revisit his history, how hysterical all that is. Uh, But there was other quarterbacks passed on that draft. I said you can't take Baker number one overall. I wouldn't take him number one overall. And I always said that his ceiling is Kirk Cousins, but I don't love his attitude. And it seems to be uh, proven true. I wasn't the only one who said that. There was a lot of other people that felt that way. Uh, But the Browns, a low self-esteem franchise. The Browns, a very disorganized and dysfunctional franchise. I would say Baker's tenure there overall was... A failure because when you take a guy number one overall, it's supposed to be 10 years, multiple playoff runs. Look at Joe Burrow. Already got them to a Super Bowl with a very dysfunctional organization 
or as Paul Bissonnette would say, organization uh, in the same state, let alone the same division. Uh, so, you know, it, it's got to be marked as a failure. But I will say, um, for Baker Mayfield, if you're sitting this morning in your new apartment in beautiful Charlotte, North Carolina, by the way, gorgeous. I, I would choose Charlotte, North Carolina over Cleveland, Ohio, a hundred times out of a hundred. Uh, it, it not even close. Charlotte's a beautiful city in, in North Carolina, beautiful state. Uh, I know it's kind of landlocked in the middle there, but you're you're a hop, skip, and a jump away from the ocean and all the fun things to do and in South Carolina and Atlanta and, and the rest of the South and, and in Cleveland, you're in Cleveland. Uh, so be, a bet, you know, obviously a, a benefit for Baker there, but in all seriousness in football talks, Baker is now fitting this archetype that we have. And we see this in the NFL. When you are a number one overall pick in the NFL, especially at the quarterback position, or you are, a first-round pick. You can even distill it down. You don't need to be as specific as number one overall. But if you're a first-round quarterback taken in the NFL draft and your first team moves off you, 75% of the time you don't really get a second chance. You know what I mean? 75% of the time your career then becomes you're most likely a backup. And then there's about 20% of the time with the Josh Rosens of the world that it's so disastrous you have, uh, you don't you don't even have an NFL career. Your name is just not worth it. The, t- the teams just move off you too quick. The potential goes away that quickly. And then, then there's about five percent of the time where you're just absolute bust, like a Jamarcus Russell, and you don't even get a second chance. And then Baker falls into this really really rare category. You know, like a, like a five percent or less of the time, are you a first round quarterback? that is given an opportunity to where it's a slim chance, but you have a chance for this organization to maybe build around you and to have a chance to start for the next three to four years with an organization. It's a slim chance, but he at least has it. Trubisky didn't get that. He immediately had to go the backup route, and now Mitchell Trubisky is is falling into that role where he is one of the two or three what you call best, either purely backup quarterbacks or spot starter quarterbacks, like him and Jimmy Garoppolo, Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, they are the best in the league at that. I can start for a season, mentor a young guy, or I can or I can bridge you for a year or two and start what Ryan Fitzpatrick was the goat at for many many years, uh, and and you know before his retirement this year. So Baker's in that rare category where Baker will not get another opportunity like this. Carson Wentz has gotten it, and Baker's gotten it now. Where it's like, no, 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 you had it with the Colts. Carson is miraculously getting it with a third team. Baker's getting it with a second team. I don't think Baker will get a third team because he doesn't have the physical components that Wentz has. And Wentz is, people still have drooled over Wentz's physical components, and and that's why he is getting a third chance uh, with the Washington Commanders. Uh, but back to Baker, he is getting that rare second chance. And even though nothing's guaranteed, and I don't even know it's guaranteed that he'll win the starting job, I don't know it's guaranteed that he'll start every game this season, but it seems as though Carolina is going to give him as fair of a chance as possible to not only win the job, but if he can lead them to an 8-9 win playoff berth type of season, 
he would then move them out of a position to draft a really good high-end quarterback in next year's draft, and he would force the hand of Carolina, depending on his health and how other things go, to maybe say, all right, we're going to assign you to a short-term deal, and you're going to be our starting quarterback in, you know, for the time being. So he has that rare opportunity. Really rare, and he has it. Now, I think there's um, – why do I say it's rare? Some people would argue, no, it's the perfect opportunity – and 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 Carolina absolutely wants him to guarantee start. And Carolina absolutely wants to build around Baker in this point. I would argue that Carolina, their actions were speaking louder than words. They waited to the last possible minute, and they gave up literally nothing to get him. And on top of all of that, the Browns are paying B- Baker Mayfield's contract says he has to get paid eighteen point eight five million dollars guaranteed. The Browns are paying 10.5 of that. The Panthers said, we'll pay about five. And then Baker said, I'll take a pay cut. So I'm sure in those conversations, Baker's agent and the Panthers said, listen, we're only doing this deal for a conditional fifth, and we're only paying five. The Browns have agreed to it. Do you agree to it? You have to agree to take a pay cut. And Baker knows that that's his only option, basically, to say, all right, now – it, all the pressure's on Baker to come in. Camp starts in a week. You do, you have never seen the playbook. You're competing against a guy who's physically bigger than you in Sam Darnold, who knows the playbook, and you're competing against a rookie who many would argue is uh, has equal physical attributes, maybe even is more a gifted of an athlete. Uh, that the team did invest a pick in, and they do want to see him possibly blossom. So you got a lot of things battling you uphill. But again, I do think it's the perfect situation. No, nowhere else would it have been a, a better guaranteed start. Maybe only Atlanta, or maybe you know, or it, could he have beaten out Drew Locke? Probably in in Seattle. But you know, besides DK Metcalf, it's very barren. The cupboard is barren up there. At least in Carolina, you have really nice defensive pieces. A really weak division. And so Baker can earn the starting job, which I think he will. I think he will be the starting quarterback uh, for the Carolina Panthers to start the season and for the majority of the year. Uh, Well, you know, it's a perfect opportunity for him to try to convince the organization to give him another chance because this is it for Baker. If you want to be a starting quarterback and have a team build around you, this is it. And you have got to absolutely blow the roof off of Carolina this year. Uh, to make it happen. So the pressure's on the former number one pick. So uh, as you're listening on the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app, follow the show uh, on the Mark KHMO on Facebook or follow me on Twitter, on Instagram, at Mark Hespen, M-A-R-K-H-E-S-P-E-N, brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai. I want to stay in Hespen headline number one, so I couldn't really fit this anywhere else in the show, but I want to transition now to, to making the argument of where does Baker fall in the list of starting quarterbacks in the NFC, I believe he'll earn the starting job. So if I had to rank the starting quarterbacks in the NFC, how would I rank them right now? So let's go through it. 16 through one. And let's break it down. I'll put number 16 overall, Drew Locke. I think he's um, in a bad situation. Uh, he's got DK Metcalf, but he's got a bad coaching staff around him. He doesn't have a great offensive line. And he's extraordinarily erratic with the football. Now, to his benefit, I do think that they're going to try to run the ball a ton. 
they're not going to put the ball in his hands to throw it 35 times, so I think that'll help his numbers look better. But I do think Drew Locke is the worst starting quarterback in the NFC. I would go Marcus Mariota for Atlanta. I assume he's going to win the job second, and it's only because I've seen Marcus Mariota in his career be much better than Drew Locke. Is Drew Locke maybe a better player right now? Maybe. But I think if you're trying to win games, I would rather have Marcus Mariota over Drew Locke. Number 14, I'd go Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, again, in a situation I think is kind of toxic. He's got to learn a new playbook again. Um, I, I, I think that the organization is out on him. And I think Brian Dable has the assurances of no matter what Daniel Jones' performance looks like this year, you're solid and we'll eventually find you your guy. So he's in a no-win situation uh, with an organization that I just don't trust right now. And I've seen spurts of nice things from Daniel Jones, but I would rather have all the guys I'm about to say ahead of him, ahead of him to try to win games this year. Number 13, Trey Lance. I put Trey Lance at 13. He's a tough one. Obviously, the ceiling, he would be a lot higher than a lot of guys on this list as far as if you told me, hey, I got to build a franchise around him, I would I would trust the, the ceiling. But as far as talent goes, winning games this year, power ranking these quarterbacks for just this year to win games, I, I saw a lot less from him than I did to some of these other people. I put number 12, Jameis Winston, went healthy. I think this may be a little low for Jameis Winston. Uh, when healthy, he's still an extremely productive quarterback, and I think a starting caliber quarterback. But he's had health issues, and with that coaching staff and the weapons around him, I just don't know how I feel about Jameis uh, as far as winning games this year. I go number 11, Justin Fields. I think you know him and Trey Lance are the ones you got to kind of find their spots. I rank him ahead of Trey Lance. I saw more out of Justin Fields throwing the ball than I did Trey Lance. I think they both had some injury issues, and they both have, uh, you know, a lot to prove to move up on this list, but both are very capable of moving up much higher on this list. Uh, Number 10, I will go Baker Mayfield. Baker gets into the top 10. Um, He's accurate. I think that guys will rally around him, and I think that Baker Mayfield has a giant chip on his shoulder, and I think that proves well for him winning games. But again, I've always said about Baker Mayfield, his ceiling's Kirk Cousins, and right now, uh, Cousins is in a better situation, and he's not nearly as even temperament as Kirk Cousins. And I think overall right now, I just don't know if he's as gifted as Kirk Cousins throwing the football. Uh, number nine, I'll go Carson Wentz, just ahead of Baker. Again, I will take the physical tools of Wentz over Baker, and I think that Wentz has uh, a lot to prove as well this year, and I think in a way, the division and things, I think there's a, there's a possibility that, that Wentz has a better year than Baker, and I'll, I'll give it to him in that way. Number eight, I'll go Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts may be a little low on this list, but I think there's some other guys who I, I know I, I get what I get from them on a consistent basis, but Jalen Hurts is a guy that easily could move up on this list. So maybe I'm already hating that he's as low as eight. I'll put Goff seven, Cousins six. Uh, they are kind of interchangeable. Kirk Cousins a little bit more consistent with his numbers. And Jared Goff I, I, is so non-explosive as an athlete. But Jared Goff throws a really nice deep ball still. And I think uh, I can win more games with Jared Goff than I can a lot of the other guys on this list kind of guaranteed knowing what I'm getting at number seven. Again, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, uh, uh, Hurts, all, I think, are more talented. And if you're telling me, no, no, no you got to pick a guy for uh, uh, the next five years, I would take all of those guys, yes, over over golf for sure. But I'm just talking about power rankings, talent-wise, this year starting game one going into the year. Golf has way more experience. He throws a really accurate ball. 
second year in a system, I think he's uh, built to, to have some success this year. Uh, Kirk Cousins, six, as I mentioned, um, above average, above average as far as NFC quarterbacks. He's not eight. Normally you think Kirk Cousins, just put him in the middle of the list and you leave it there. But I will say he's above average. This Dak at number five, uh, Dak has uh, weapons around him. He's in a system that he knows now. Uh, Dak is a proven leader. Dak is a physical quarterback who can move. He is the best of the rest of the group. There are four people that just have more talent that absolutely drool over that they are starters um, and the elite four in the conference. But Dak is the best of the rest. I do think that Lance and Fields and Hertz all could pass Dak as being the best of the rest, depending on the type of year that they have. Uh, number four, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray comes in at four. Um, he is uh, an enigma wrapped inside of a silent little body, but he's uber talented. Uber talented. So I'll put Kyler Murray at number four. Stafford nipping at the heels of Aaron Rodgers three. I wanted to put Stafford two, but I'll put him three. Historically, we all know Aaron Rodgers more talented than Stafford, but Stafford I do think is in a better situation. And I think that really closes the gap. Really closes the gap. Rodgers two and Brady one. I think it's uh, Brady's still the best quarterback in the NFC until he's officially in Canton and retired. I think he'll always be uh, the best quarterback in the NFC, at least right now. Um, you know, a lot, this list can change, and I, I would love to update this list around middle of the season. I don't think much of this list will change, you know, in the start of the season, but by week eight or nine, bye weeks are getting into it to repower rank the quarterbacks in each division uh, based on how they're playing. I, I think uh, I think guys who could skyrocket are Fields and Lance and Hurts. Guys who could fall down this list, Kirk, uh, Dak, Wentz, and Baker all could. All could. Uh, big, big year for Wentz and Baker. They're both in the NFC. They both have a lot to prove. They both uh, have a very slim margin for error, and they both are in really bad situation. Not, you know, non-ideal situations, but it could be worse. They could be in Seattle where the where you're just not going to win a bunch of games because everyone in the division is way better than you. Uh, listen, Carolina can, could easily be the second-best team in the NFC South. They could go 4-2 and two in division. And, and, and Washington, they have a chance. I mean, Philly's better than them, but... Washington's got some players, and Dallas, I think, takes a step back. So I, I think, you know, Washington, if they go 4-2 and two in division, would it shock me? No, it's probably because Carson Wentz is playing well. So congrats to Baker. He gets a chance. I think he'll earn the starting job, and I think that we'll be talking a lot of Baker Mayfield on the ups and downs, the ebbs and flows of this really, really important season for him. Uh, coming on up. You're listening on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. We are brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area. When we come back, we will get off of Baker, we'll get off of NFL quarterbacks, and we will jump to Kevin Durant. Now, he's still in Brooklyn. Why? I think I know why. And I think it is a situation that couldn't be uh, that could be stuck in a stalemate. And what it means for Kevin, what it means for the Nets, what it means for the rest of the NBA, and, um, you know, why aren't teams uh, going all out for Kevin Durant from the reports that we're hearing? They're just not doing it. I'll give you all, I'll break all that down for you coming up next. 
We're live and local on America's News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. It's on the mark, brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai. Have you ever felt so dizzy you could hardly stand up? You're not alone. Millions of people struggle with dizziness and experience the debilitating symptoms of vestibular dysfunction, such as vertigo, nausea, and ringing in their ears. Vestibular disorders affect people of all ages and can impact ability to work, go to school, or just perform everyday tasks like shopping and getting dressed. Because these symptoms are invisible and difficult to describe, they're often overlooked by doctors and dismissed by family and friends. But they're is hope. Visit vestibular.org or call 800-837-8428. If you or someone you know has experienced a persistent sense of dizziness or lack of balance, visit vestibular.org to search for a vestibular specialist in your area. The Vestibular Disorders Association can help you discover a life rebalanced. Visit vestibular.org, that's vestibular.org, or call 800-837-8428. Today, more than 6 million Americans are living with Alzheimer's, and more than 11 million family members and friends serve as their caregivers. While researchers are working tirelessly to end Alzheimer's and all other dementia, the number of people living with Alzheimer's is expected to more than double by 2050. The toll of the disease is monumental, and its devastation affects family, friends, and especially caregivers. No one should face Alzheimer's and dementia by themselves. If you or someone you know is struggling to provide care to a loved one, please share this message. You are not alone. Free help and resources are available 24-7. To talk with an expert and obtain disease-related information, care and support services, call 800-272-3900 or visit the Alzheimer's Association website at alz.org. You are not alone. KHMO and the KHMO mobile app. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Broadcasting live from our KHMO studios here in Quincy. Thank you so much for making me a part of your Saturday morning. We are brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area. 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. When you stop in, you got to ask them about their complimentary lifetime powertrain warranty. It's called the No Fear Warranty on new and used vehicles. They got a ton of late model new uh, uh, used inventory new to the lot. Did I say that 10 times fast? Uh, stop by, tell them Mark sent you, or just go online, shop the whole network of Cunis dealers at shopcunis.com, shopcunis.com. Faith Family Giving Back, that's Cunis Honda Hyundai. Tell them Mark sent you. As always, you can follow me on Twitter, on Instagram, at Mark Hespen, M-A-R-K-H-E-S-P-E-N. All right, let's waste no time. Let's jump into it. Uh, we have a lot to get to here in Hespin headline number two. So Kevin Durant remains in Brooklyn as of this morning. And you know what? I, I think the headline here that we have to be considering is why? Why is Kevin Durant still a New York, New York resident? Why has he not already filed for a change of address? Why has he not already tweeted out? A, uh, a, 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 a some sort of cover of him with his arms crossed, you know, from the Players' Tribune, my next chapter is where and what and why and how. Well, we have to look at this situation as we're getting more and more information, and we have to understand that both sides are demanding too much. They're just demanding too much. If I am asking for something from you, 
And so say it, it's a, this is a great example. I, I am your neighbor and I am coming on over, knocking on the door saying, hey, I, I need some sugar. And you're looking at me as you're holding your sugar, you're baking a cake. You're like, oh, worst time for you to ask for sugar. And the neighbor goes, well, I need it. I It's it's all I have to get for. It's, it's, it's the only thing I need. And, and you're sitting there looking and going, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I just can't do anything. I mean, I want to help you. But in order to give you the sugar, I need uh, an egg in return for me. He goes, well, no, I need my eggs. I, I, I can't do this. So it's, it's a similar – to break it down, they just – they both want what the other one has without giving up what they want. They Both both sides want their cake and want to eat it too. And that probably was just an unnecessary analogy, but sometimes, you know, I can go into unnecessary analogies. It's my, it's my show. So basically, Kevin Durant, what does he want? Well, he said what he wants. He wants to play on a team with at least two other all-star caliber players. Kevin Durant wants to be surrounded by other talent, current talent, current top-level all-stars. And it makes sense. If you were any player in the league, wouldn't you like to be surrounded by at least two other current all-stars? But yeah, well, that means you're on a good team. You're probably going to win some. So that alone makes the list of teams that Kevin Durant wants to be on, I got to be honest, pretty tight. You know, you, 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 you can't look around the league and tell me that there is a bunch of teams that have, you know, two-level all-stars that are, uh, that are you know, people that Kevin wants to play with. I mean, he doesn't want to go to Philly, you know, because that's where James Harden is. So that leaves them out. Toronto doesn't have two-level all-stars. The Bulls, I could argue they have two-level all-stars. They're probably one of the few teams. You have Zach Levine, and then Vooch was a recent all-star as of two years ago. Uh, and then and then DeMar DeRozan was an all-star as of this past year and is, is an all-star caliber player at the very tail end of his career. You know, Atlanta, do they have two guaranteed all-stars? Maybe at this point, Trey Young and DeJounte Murray. Okay, Cleveland doesn't have two guaranteed all-stars. Charlotte doesn't have two guaranteed all-stars. The, the, the Knicks, Washington, Indiana, Detroit, Orlando, none of them do. Philly's out, we already mentioned. Milwaukee has two-level all-stars. So I guess Milwaukee could be on that list, right? Boston has two-level all-stars, so they could be on that list. Miami. So in the East, he's got Chicago, Milwaukee, Boston, Miami. Okay, so let's let's look through that. If you're the Nets, what if they said they wanted? The neighbor says they need this in return for the sugar, right? The Nets have said to all these teams, they have two levels of all-stars. We need at least two all-star caliber players in return and a bunch of picks. Uh, wait a minute. So basically what, you, what you're telling me now is in order for Kevin Durant to get traded, he wants to be with two all-stars on the team he gets traded to, to accept the trade because there's no trade clause. And then Brooklyn is saying, well, that's fine. But in order to for us to feel comfortable moving you, we have to get two all-stars in return. So you would need arguably a team with four all-stars, right? Because you'd have to give up two and at least still have two for Kevin Rand to play with. So that's a pretty that's a pretty sticky situation to be in. So that's where you find yourself in. You can't even be well, Miami does have four all-stars, Boston does have four all-stars, Milwaukee does have four all-stars. No, no team has four all-stars. 
So what are you going to do? You're you're kind of stuck. Now, I think Brooklyn, their demand is fair. They're saying, listen, Kevin, you got three years left on this deal, and we have no picks. So it's not like we can just say, oh, well, all right, we lost Kevin, but we got a bunch of youth coming on up, and we have all this. They need, if they're going to lose Kevin Durant, they need to restock the shelves. He is the only item in their fridge and in their shelves. They at least got to restock the shelves if he walks out. Now, the thing about it is, well, I think this deal will eventually get done, is that Brooklyn has more than just Kevin Durant. They will, if they move Kevin Durant, they will also move Kyrie Irving. So they will go into a rebuild mode very quickly. But here's the problem for Brooklyn. They have a market that was just reset by the Timberwolves. The Timberwolves were able to match salaries enough with Rudy Gobert that weren't important pieces. They didn't give up Anthony Edwards or Carl Anthony Towns. So they kept their two all-stars. They were able to get rid of a bunch of role-player position guys and, and decent pieces, Pat Bevs and other places like that, people like that, with high enough salaries to make the salary work in the NBA. you got to make the salary work. And then you throw in a bunch of picks because the picks don't matter. And that's what Utah wanted. Utah didn't want any players in return. They needed to find players where the salaries matched, that Minnesota felt comfortable giving up, and then they gave up five extra first-round picks. Well, that's what Brooklyn really wants. Brooklyn wants all those picks. They want to restock the cupboard. But in order to do that, you have to make the salary match for Kevin Durant, and Kevin Durant's salary is pretty high. So it's a really, really tough situation. You're going to have to get probably multiple teams involved. There's going to be a lot of movement. And in the end, Brooklyn will always lose out on the deal because they're losing out on the stars in Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. So that's why this deal hasn't happened yet. Both sides aren't willing to budge yet on their demands. Kevin Durant needs to stay firm in his eyes because he's like, my legacy's on the line. I got to win games. And the Nets, they need to stay firm in their eyes because they will be absolutely empty. They have nothing to nothing left when they leave. At least, you know, when another team loses a star, Cleveland lost LeBron James. It was in free agency. They had a bunch of picks. And look how quickly Cleveland has become really good again. They nailed on a couple right picks. They got a, you know, they kept Kevin Love in house to keep a culture and a, and a, and at least a good player at that time. And look, now Cleveland is a, is a top five team in the East and arguably maybe even on the rise as a, as a great destination for future stars to want to play in. So Kevin Durant is decimated the Brooklyn Nets to get him there and Kyrie there and James Harden there. And now they're left with Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving. And if I was Brooklyn, I would try to trade Ben Simmons as well. You just move everything. You just move everything and you become a bunch of, you know, two way contract G League guys for a year or two and you accumulate as much as you can. Clear is that clear that calorie sap and, and, you know, and you hope that you can, you hit on a, a couple of picks that you get back in return and look at like Detroit has rebuilt pretty quickly. It looks like Houston, Oklahoma City. And I think. The other part of this is where someone needs to get in Kevin Durant's ear and say, stop looking at just Miami, at Boston, at Chicago, at Phoenix, at Golden State. Stop. Look at the Memphises and go play with John Morant. 
Look at the Utahs and go play with Spider Mitchell. Look at the Denvers and go play with Jokic. Look at Oklahoma City. Look at going home and, and, and playing with all that young talent. Oklahoma City would have to find a way to – they'd have to maybe take on a contract to make the money work. But then as long as you kept, you know, a home grin and while the player, like, you, know, you have young core. You know, look look at what you could do if you went to Detroit with those two young guards. I mean, I, I just don't know why all these old guys are so unwilling to let the – to play with the young guys who have all the legs in the world – they have and they have all the drive in the world to be great and be great quickly. It's interesting to think about. I, this Kevin Durant thing is a stalemate. It's not going anywhere because both teams are asking for what they feel they deserve. They're right in asking for it, but Utah screwed up. They reset the market. The the Jazz the Jazz uh, they're they're not going to get as much. Kevin Durant will be traded eventually, and it won't be they won't get as much in return as the Jazz got uh, for Rudy Gobert. That's how crazy this situation is. That's that's the legitimate reality of this situation. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to watch. It's going to be fascinating to watch. And if I'm Miami, if I'm Boston, if I'm any of these top-tier teams, why do you even do it? You're not scared of Brooklyn. You're not scared of Brooklyn. If you're Miami, if you're Boston, Milwaukee, Philly, you're not scared of Brooklyn. You all can beat Brooklyn. You beat them this past year. When they had KD and Kyrie. And if you're Phoenix, Memphis, in those guys, well, all you're doing is for maybe a one or two year run, and then your roster will be really uneven and be decimated. And if he stays healthy and he's already 34, where you're built for, Phoenix is built for a long run. Devin Booker is your guy you're building around. I know they're out on Aiton, but. You know, you can find other ways to trade DeAndre Ayton and get pieces back to keep you really competitive and young and keep the timetable in place as opposed to re reorienting your timetable. You know, just something to, to think about if you're one of these teams that are being, uh, if you're looking at Kevin Durant. I'm not saying Kevin, you want Kevin Durant in free agency. And that's, again, the brilliance of LeBron James. Every time he's moved, it's always been a free agency. He's never decimated the team he's gotten to until he gets there and then he trades other players like he did with the Lakers. So, you know, LeBron does it the opposite way. Kevin Durant wants to decimate your team before he gets there. LeBron wants to get there and then decimate your team. <laughs> Listen on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO, the KHMO. When we come back, we're talking college football, SEC, possible realignment changes, all of that and more. We're live and local in America's News Talk 1070 KHMO, the KHMO app. It's on the Mark, brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Espen. Tonight is Gempire Night, one of the biggest nights of baseball with the Quincy Gems. It's baseball plus extra entertainment, extra giveaways, food specials, and so much more, including all-you-can-eat packages for exclusive ticket holders. Tonight is 90s Night as the Quincy Gems take on the Clinton Lumber Kings at QU Stadium. To purchase tickets or for more information about Gempire Night, go online at QuincyGems.com. Take us anywhere. Hometown News Talk 1070 KHMO and the free KHMO mobile app for your smartphone. Hi, I'm Megan Hoffer, and welcome to Heartbeat. The dictionary says this about the word acquaintance. A person one knows slightly, but who is not a close friend. 
Sometimes we confuse acquaintances with friends. Acquaintances hightail it and run when times get tough, but a true friend sticks with you to the end. Jesus says to his followers in John 15 that we are no longer slaves, but his friends, since he has told us everything the Father told him. The first time I read John 15, 15, my life was never the same. To know that Jesus calls me his friend is a game changer. You and I were born in sin, which means we were slaves to the evil of this world. That's why God sent His Son Jesus to redeem us. When we accept Him into our lives, we are no longer a slave, but we're His friend. Heartbeat is brought to you by the Salvation Army. Hi, I'm Megan Hoffer, and welcome to Heartbeat. Especially if you live in the U.S., freedom is something we cherish as a culture. But spiritually speaking, how free are you really? In Romans six six, we see these words: knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we would no longer be slaves of sin. Before I came into a right relationship with Jesus Christ, I lived pretty much every day in sin and didn't realize that I was a slave to sin. I wasn't free. Satan had enslaved me, but when I accepted Christ's invitation to follow Him, my sin was crucified with Christ, and my sin was done away with as Christ paid for my freedom. No longer a slave to sin, but forgiven and set free to be what Christ created me to be. Heartbeat is brought to you by the Salvation Army. Almost three million. Energy forecast from the News Talk 1070 KHMO Weather Center. Mainly cloudy skies expected today, with daytime highs approaching 84. Northeast winds 8 to 15 miles per hour. Lows around 60 tonight. Mainly clear. Clear skies tomorrow. Highs level off around 86. Right now 72. Welcome on back down the mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area. 221. North 36th Street in Quincy. You gotta ask them about that no fear powertrain warranty on new and used vehicles. And while you're at it, shop online at shopcunus.com. It's their brand new、uh, website where you can search all of the Cunus network of dealers, and they can get you that vehicle here in Quincy to try、uh, ASAP. That's how I got my truck from Cunus Honda Hyundai. A great selection. Of late model used vehicles. If you're paying too much for a, a payment, they can help you out with that as well. There's nothing they can't do. Tell them Mark sent you 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Faith Family Giving Back. That's Cunis Honda Hyundai. All right.、Um, so we、uh, we now have word from the Southeastern Conference、uh, that they are looking. To add a four more teams, and we know this now.、They've, their goal has been to get to twenty. But I saw a great report on Twitter that the SEC expansion is focusing now their efforts on four teams, and those four teams could be close to closing a deal with the SEC. And they are all out of the ACC. And this makes sense for the SEC to poach the ACC. The SEC right now has obvious advantages over the Big Ten,、uh, but one of the biggest things is even though I think Big Ten adding USC and UCL is great, the SEC for the most part still is all about colleges in the you know south south、uh, east and into the Texas Oklahoma area. 
the travel in that way is still nearly not as bad as what the Big Ten is about to face with Maryland at UCLA. That's literally across the continental United States. So let's get into it. What are these four teams? Do they make sense? Uh, the first one is Florida State. Absolutely, Florida State makes sense. Florida State is a, a big brand in college. It is Florida. It would allow... Um, the SEC to really continue gaining more ground and dominance in Florida, taking the next big school, the other state school away from, uh, the ACC and their, and their recruiting in Florida. I think it's, uh, it's a brand that could survive in the SEC. It's a brand that could thrive in the SEC. And uh, I think Florida State is a no brainer that they would go after them. Uh, the, the next one is UNC. Again, same thing. Uh, South Carolina's already in the SEC. UNC making that transition in there uh, as a basketball school. Uh, they they are uh, one of the top three programs in the country. As a football school, they've been getting better. Mac Brown, uh, he uh, you know is uh, really helped UNC kind of get on the map there with football uh, in the in the recent couple years. Uh, the success with Sam Howell two years ago. I think the the UNC also will always be a basketball school. So, you know, you can sell UNC to Alabama, to Georgia, to Texas, to LSU, the big boys uh, in the SEC is, hey, there should be a little bit of a cupcake. If you lose to UNC, that's on you. That's not on us. It's not like adding the next team I'm about to say, which also makes sense, and it would be a massive get for the SEC, which is Clemson. Clemson is being uh, thrown around big time. And listen, Clemson under Dabo has become a national power. Clemson's branding is not nearly as strong historically as even in FSU uh, or as far as uh, recognition, UNC, you know, because, because of purely basketball. But Clemson can recruit with the big boys. Dabo is in the prime of his career. He's not going anywhere. I don't think he'd back down from an SEC challenge at all. In fact, I think it will help Clemson in their recruiting uh, I think that they fit again. Uh, they are, they're in the Carolinas. That is, so the travel works, the scheduling can work and they automatically become a top dog. They are, they, they are a, a instant top dog. Oklahoma, Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Texas, Clemson. Those are your big dogs in the SEC, uh, you know, day one that, that, uh, that Clemson decides to join. And then number four is Virginia. And Virginia is great because it's a state school. It's a big brand. Uh, they're an academic power. They fit in with the Vanderbilts. So they, they would be able to give you a little bit more of a, Hey, who cares if we're 0 and 8 like Vanderbilt was in conference getting shellacked? We're a basketball school. Uh, that, you know, if we surprise people in football, it's okay. And Vanderbilt is going to take that money and pump it into the basketball program and keep working, uh, that edge of it. Uh, I mean, sorry, uh, Virginia will. So those are four big names. Those are four names that make sense, uh, for them to go. Now, what's left in the ACC? If you're looking at the ACC and going, okay, well, can the Big Ten respond if the ACC is breaking up like that? There's really only one or two schools that make sense for the Big Ten to attract in the ACC. Uh, Pitt makes sense. Pitt is a big brand that would be left over looking for a home. I think Pitt joining the Ace, uh, the Big Ten, uh, could really work. And then Boston College is a football, uh, program that has ups and downs. They could make some sense. I think, uh, the, the Big Ten, uh, going after a Pitt and adding Notre Dame, uh, would be a great response if they could also then 
go to the Big 12 uh, or go to the A, uh, the ACC, uh, excuse me, the Pac-12, uh, if you're telling me that SEC gets those four schools, right, Clemson, FSU, UNC, and Virginia, but the Big Ten responds with Notre Dame, which is bigger than all the other brands I just listed, um, they also go out and say they get, um, uh, you know, Cal, Pitt, and Colorado. I think that's a it's a it's a pretty good response or a fair wash from uh, from uh, uh, the Big Ten at that point. So again, it's all up in the air. But this is I'm hearing are the four names that the SEC is looking and is actively talking with expanding FSU, UNC, Clemson, Virginia. I think they all make sense for the SEC. They all make sense for those schools. And for Clemson, immediately, they're a top dog. I mean, you'd argue they're they're a top three with Alabama, Georgia, uh, you know, maybe Oklahoma, LSU, uh, Texas A and M in uh, in that kind of four spot. There, you're listening on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. When we come back, a couple quick hitters to wrap up the show here on On the Mark. Somewhere around 400 feet off the ground, an RPG came through the belly of the aircraft. When I first got out, I felt like my whole life had been smushed down to just medical appointments. I was going to occupational therapy, physical therapy, speech therapy. We don't talk about the female combat wounded. These are our our daughters and our sisters and our mothers. I'm not sure I would still be here if I didn't find the Friends and Wounded Warrior Project that I did. Because there was a long period after the injury where I really didn't understand why I was still here. It felt like I had lost everything. Wounded Warrior Project came into my life and taught me how to stand back up and get back in the fight. The truth is I think we all have this strength inside of us, but until you're tested, you just don't know what's there. See how Wounded Warrior Project empowers women veterans like Beth by visiting woundedwarriorproject.org slash empowerwomenvets. Eating, working, living pain-free. These are a few of the things many of us take for granted. Yet for many United States military veterans, finding and affording oral health care is a challenge. Dental Lifeline Network is looking for dentists who can change this. Will you volunteer to help people like Richard, a U.S. Naval veteran who suffered severe PTSD after his service? He was left homeless for a period of time, and his oral and overall health are suffering. Because of congressional limitations, the VA can't provide the dental help he needs. Through our Will You See One Vet program, we focus on helping U.S. military veterans like Richard. Now we are seeking more general dentists and specialists to donate treatment to at least one veteran with special needs. When you volunteer with DLN's program to see one vet, we handle the details so you can focus on the care. If you are a dentist or know a dentist, please share this message and help us make a difference in the life of a veteran in need. Visit WillYouSeeOneVet.org to learn more. That's WillYouSeeOneVet.org. We're KHMO and the KHMO mobile app. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app brought to you by the great people at Cunis Honda Hyundai. They're your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area 221 north 36th street in quincy they live and breathe their motto faith family giving back and at uh, 3,000 new and used vehicles on the lots to choose from the network of dealers at shopcunis.com they have everything that you could possibly be looking for even if you're not in the market for a brand new honda hyundai check out their incredible used inventory and when you do 
tell them Mark sent you. All right, wrapping up the show here. Last couple minutes, a couple quick hitter topics. Uh, let's start with my Chicago Bears. Yeah, new reports coming out that the Mayor Lori Lightfoot of Chicago trying to entice the Bears with this renovation of museum campus or get an amphitheater or get a dome. And the Bears literally said, uh, thanks, but no thanks. We're only looking to... Uh, for st- any new stadium options is all in Arlington Heights. We are done with Soldier Field. I think it's pretty much a done deal at this point in time. As soon as the Bears officially closed on the property out there, I, I kind of knew it was a done deal. And you know what? I think the transition is going to it's going to be an easy one for Chicagoans. I think over to ma- overall to make and Bears fans and Soldier Field is not going to become just some dump. Like you see other NFL stadiums get abandoned. It is in the heart of downtown. They host a bunch of concerts. It's the home to the fire. It will thrive. Soldier Field will continue to thrive. It's owned by the city and the park district. So it's not uh, just going to become a barren wasteland like the Silver Dome or something in Detroit. Uh, Soldier Field will live on. Uh, the Bears are going to be officially done, it seems like. And I, I don't think there's any more even negotiating. I think the Bears are just being very firm and saying, listen, we're not going to hide behind this anymore. We're not going to try to mess with the fans' brains. We're going to get out of this early, ahead of this early, and we're just going to keep giving the messaging that our future home will be in Arlington Heights, uh, just outside the city in the suburbs. And I think, uh, as you've seen with the, the Rams, with the Patriots, with the Cowboys, with the, uh, the 49ers, with the Commanders, it is the way it goes. You want land to build a stadium, and the people are in the suburbs, uh, and so that's just where it's going with all these major, major NFL franchises. All right. Uh, I move on now. Something else happening exciting in downtown Chicago. NASCAR has announced in 2023 they will look to do a street race through downtown Chicago. That is amazing. NASCAR, once again, I said it for years now. They really they did such a great job during COVID. And then they put their foot down and they stepped on the throats of the people with their stupid Confederate flags at the races. And they stood up for Bubba Wallace, and they have done great things with this playoff and the points positioning. NASCAR continues to look at wins. Look at F1 races. Look at um, the Indy races when they do this in, in the hearts of cities. The celebrities that turn out, the crowds that turn out, NASCAR can do this. Chicago is a uh, NASCAR-friendly venue as far as uh, people from the Midwest being able to travel there cheaply. Uh, from multiple states to fly in, this will be massive. And if they can do it safely and on a great weekend in beautiful Chicago, Illinois, I think you'll 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 get Lakeshore Drive involved. You get Grand Park involved. You go into the downtown a little bit on the Mac Mile. Uh, I think it could be an absolute home run for Chicago, home run for NASCAR, and the growth of the sport. And NASCAR needs to be find a way to keep being more competitive. And if they can show that, hey, they're just a different version, uh, uh, you know, that's more oval focused, but that has dirt track racing. That you know, in order to win these things, you got to be a diverse driver. Uh, it is, uh, I think, a, a special thing that NASCAR is doing. Finally, shout out Damian Lillard. He is signed a multi year extension, a two year extension for one hundred and twenty two million dollars to stay with the Blazers. Basically going to get $63 million guaranteed in like 2026. And then in 2027, it's a player option for another $63 million. So basically, Damian Lillard is with Portland for the next five years. And that's great for Portland because they have commitment from their star. And they, you know, I liked what they did with getting Grant. They re-signed Nurkic. I think Portland 
is is going to be once again a thorn in the side of the top seeds in the Western Conference and Damian Lillard's commitment to Portland. Why not LeBron James when you're a free agent next year? Just go sign with them. What Portland's trying to do clearly is say, listen, we're we are going to try to attract free agents by saying we got some bigs, we got Dame locked up. Come try to help us build something here through it. Through Hi, I'm 